What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today on the podcast, we have such an exciting episode. We are doing our first impressions, or first listens, first thoughts on Kelly Clarkson's new EP titled Kelly Oki. This has been a very quick turnaround for this EP. <laughs> we only we only found out about this a few weeks ago, yeah. although the rumor mill has been going for quite some time that there was going to be a covers EP, and finally we have our very first one. Hopefully this is the first of several Uh, that come out over the course of the rest of her career. But to start us off, we've got six fantastic songs. And judging by the reaction of the fan base, I would say that the appetite for a covers EP was a pretty strong one, Pam. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, like, with full transparency, everyone, like, we're the only day that we were able to record this to get it out for Tuesday was to record it the day the EP came out. So mm-hmm. full transparency, I've listened to this EP approximately four times, which is not a lot, um, but life gets in the way. So You also have a big girl job, though. Like, I work in Neverland, <laughs> and so I have been listening to this nonstop all day. I, I've probably gone through about a dozen times, if not more, and then I went and I listened to the original versions of most of these songs, and then came back and re-listened to the covers and I would like whenever I get a new album especially one that I really want to dissect I will sit down and I will put headphones on and I will close my eyes and I will just zone out and I will listen to it over and over again and each time I listen to a song another time I will focus on something different so that I can listen to specific parts of the song so I always love listening you know specifically to the vocal and then I love listening to the background vocal I listen for the drums I listen for uh, any kind of, you know, orchestral yeah. additions to songs. I always love picking apart everything to just really get a full 360 view of this album. And the great thing about having an EP like this is that I was able to do that in like record time because there's only six songs. Which made it so easy because I remember we did this for the Christmas album. And I also, I think we also recorded that like a day or so after it came out. And I'm like, Jeremy, I've listened to this album maybe twice. Can I, yeah. can I do this? But um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I did it and I survived. But um, yeah, I think this is definitely a, like a headphone EP, meaning mm-hmm. I've listened to it both with and w- without headphones. And if you listen with headphones, you're going to find elements to each song that you're not going to notice. Like I actually noticed something and happier than ever that I didn't notice when we did the episode a few weeks ago when the song first dropped. I noticed something so I. That, I, that I will mention. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a very cool thing. And even like years later, there are certain songs that if I have a really good pair of headphones, like I remember since you've been gone, there's something, how many millions of times have I heard that song? But a couple years ago, I had, a, I got a really good pair of headphones and I heard like a part of the song that it just never clicked before. So that's always a really fun little Easter egg thing when you have yeah. music that has so many layers to it. That it's not just you you play it and it sounds the same everywhere. That's not the best quality. Well, we should start off by first saying a big congratulations and a job well done to producer Jason Halbert, which we Woo-hoo! know 
is the case because uh, he basically said it in an Instagram post that uh, he was one of the producers on the album. And just as we had suspected, it's pretty much the talk show band, my band, y'all, who is the band of record on the album. I know we've got some extra uh, session musicians. I know we have a, a small orchestra uh, that was on the Radiohead cover. Uh, mm-hmm. There's probably some other uh, session musicians and such that that played a part, but for the most part, uh, the core group of my band y'all is on the record just like we expected. And there is just something about the cohesion of that band together. I mean, they've been playing together as a group for three straight years for you know nine months out of the year, and they just they just sound good on record as well in addition to sounding good on the talk show. So I was very happy and very relieved to see that it's the core group that's really behind this album. Yeah, like they sound like they've been a band for like decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a lot of bands don't always sound that put together. They don't mesh well. They don't have that right chemistry. They sound yeah. like they've been playing since Kelly's the start of Kelly's career. So that just yeah. says a lot. Well, and we also, when we talked to Jason a while back, he mentioned that the first time he really produced one of Kelly's albums was the Smokestack Sessions. That was, you know, kind of him playing around, admittedly didn't really know what he was doing. The guy knows what he's doing now. Like, like you <laughs> yes. can tell his production skills have come a long way, and I think they're only going to get better and I think mean, this is just a it's a very crisp album um, and everybody uh, as, and I, I think I commented on Jason or, or somebody's uh, Instagram or f- some sort of social media post. I just said everybody behind the glass uh, who are at the controls did a phenomenal job. Yeah. One thing I will say about the EP that I really applaud Kelly on and we've said this a lot and anyone who's a big fan of hers just knows this. I think they did a really great job of capturing like a ton of different genres on here. I know a lot of people initially were a little annoyed that certain songs didn't make the EP understandably like, but she mm-hmm. has like over 500 covers to choose from. And that's just on the talk show. Like, and then, you know, she's also been a cover queen even prior to the talk show. But what I will say is listening to this, it, even though it's a lot of different genres, it's still pretty cohesive, and I think it really suits fans of all different kinds of music. Absolutely. You can't say that a lot about a lot of artists. You really can't. And we mentioned this, too, when we first got the track listing for the record, that it really spans a lot of decades as well. I mean, you've got a song from the 1970s on here. you got a couple of 90s tunes, and then you throw in a few more modern songs, including a song that just came out you know, last year. Uh, you've got a really nice blend of songs a lot of different styles although there was one particular style i've noticed that kelly leaned into on this ep more so i think than she has done on any other album and we'll kind of get into that as we start to talk about the tracks here in a second i'm looking puzzled i'm curious what this is i don't know um should we get started yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, this is going to be a little bit different. This isn't going to be kind of like our album breakdowns like like we do. I mean, we will eventually get down the road and get back and circle back around to this. But this is really just some early first impressions. You know, after this record kind of sits for a while and, you know, we have the, the luxury of time, uh, we're probably going to get a little more existential about it. But for right now, <laughs> these are a lot of like knee-jerk reactions because Pam and I have, have had this album in our hands for 
24 hours. Not even. Like, you, I've had yeah. it for like eight, 18 hours. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so a lot of this is still very early reactions to uh, to the album. So these opinions and uh, perspectives might very well change over time. We are time. subject to change. That's right, yes. <laughs> we always uh, reserve the right to change our opinions. So we'll start off by talking about the first track on the album. It is Blue Bayou. Uh, it's a song that was made famous by Linda Ronstadt, but it was actually a Roy Orbison song. By the way, I did the, the, the research here, Pam. From what I can tell, if the if the list that's out there of Kelly's covers is accurate, this is the first time she's ever covered a song that was written by Roy Orbison. Cool. So, it, which is kind of cool because he's got, I mean, he's got an enormous songbook full of classic songs. Uh, but Linda Ronstadt is really the one who made this a, a big hit uh, in 1977, and Kelly does a fantastic job. It's funny. I have on the in, in the past, I have on here have compared Kelly as like. A modern day Linda Ronstadt plus original songs, because for those yeah. who don't know, Linda really made the bulk of her career by covering other people's songs, but making them her own and making them famous. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kelly does that a lot, but still gives us original content. So she, re- I don't know anyone else doing that nowadays. And yeah. I, I'll admit, I didn't know this song, and and I, I definitely like watched the Kelly Oki probably once just to like see say I saw it. But mm-hmm. I didn't remember what it sounded like. I didn't know the medley. I didn't remember anything. And I purposely yeah. didn't listen to it because, as I said a couple weeks ago, I wanted to approach the songs I didn't know almost as like Kelly originals. It made it a little fun mm-hmm. because I didn't know really what to expect. So there was sure. really no comparison. I just – the intro, that bass. Yeah. Whew, it is so <laughs> sexy. And just it really – brings you in there you're like whoa it it's just so in your face and also subtle at the same time totally agree um i think that this song is definitely made more in the vein of linda ronstadt's version uh versus roy orbison i said a little bit earlier that i went back and i re-listened to the originals of all of the songs that are covered on the ep and that includes this song which i listened to both Roy Orbison and Linda Ronstadt's versions, and then went right into Kelly's version. Kelly is definitely channeling uh, more of Linda Ronstadt in this song. I just, and this is where I'm going to kind of talk about the uh, the way that this album is a little bit different than her other albums. I really love how many of the songs on this EP are giving Kelly a chance to sing in a soft and breathy manner. She doesn't always do that. I wrote the word breathy in my notes. I wrote (laughs) it because it's so true. It's both breathy, but she also does a lot of lower register, which she does occasionally live, but not Mm -hmm. often on record. Yes. And she, I I mean, this opens, I think, a whole new door for a sound for her. And And I don't think that, you know, that sound should necessarily be exclusive to this album. I think that it just so happened to really fit several of the songs that she chose for this album. But when she, and and I, I don't want to make comparisons to Billie Eilish because she's sort of the one who is the, the one who's out in front with that sound right now, but she doesn't have the strength in her vocals like Kelly does. Cause this is soft and breathy with a lot of muscle behind it. And, and that's just voice... that's just with experience, like you know, yeah. just because Kelly has a lot more singing experience, she's been singing oh, yeah. as long as Billy's been around. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about someone who is, I mean, quite literally twice her age. Exactly. So, yeah. So I would be, I would love to hear how Billie Eilish sounds in 20 years. But Kelly doing soft and breathy just sounds so good. Just so good. And she goes back to it a couple of times on this album. And this is our first real good listen to it. Um, I also appreciate the the country vibe, especially with the slide guitar on here. Uh, I mean, this this song would have fit perfectly in whatever that country project is, although I would take how she sounds now versus how she would have sounded back in the mid-2000s when she did record a lot of those songs. I just really, really like the sound of this song. She didn't have to really overdo it. She didn't have to over-sing she didn't blow the doors off the place on track one. It's just a really nice, welcoming uh, feeling that you're getting for the CP with this song. Yeah, and I love when we hear folky Kelly. We don't hear her very often. Mm-hmm. Folky and very soulful as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's a lyrically. I mean, obviously she didn't write the song, but I think lyrically it also is a very. It's a very visual song. Like you. I, at least for me, I, I'm a visual person. So when I hear music, I can also just visualize stuff. I visualize like being down at a lake, just being in the countryside. Like it's just, mm-hmm. she, it's a really good way of storytelling that mm-hmm. she just brings to a song that isn't even her own. My one bone to pick with this is I wish it didn't open the EP. Interesting. I wish this was a little bit further down in the, in the track listing because... It's really unlike anything else on the album, which isn't a bad thing, but I think it all it kind of sets a tone of what people might think the album is going to be. And then suddenly, you know, you go from Linda Ronstadt right into The weekend, and it's just a little like, it's, it's a little jarring. But that's Kellyoki on the show anyway. I mean, you know, but, you can have a song from the 80s one day and then a brand new song, you know, the next day. Right. But I'm thinking from a lens of a casual fan who's like, oh, I like Kelly Clarkson. Let me listen to her new EP. Not someone mm-hmm. who is keeping up with the daily Kellyokis, which is just like the really big fans. That's my only bone to pick. But that's like the smallest little thing. So, yeah, whatever. But other than that, I think they did a great job on the song. I don't know if I want to listen to the original because I just love this one so much. Maybe I will. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. you know, both the Linda and the uh, Roy version. But I liked it. I thought it was really sweet. I think you can give the Linda Ronstadt version a listen. I I mean, the, the Roy Orbison version is good. It's it's fine. I don't think it's going to help your enjoyment of the Kelly version more. I think, again, Linda is the one who really made this song famous. Uh, it, it Essentially, it became her signature song. I mean, it was just, it was what she was known for. And Kelly's version is is excellent. And I don't mind that it's the opener for the album. I think it's, like I said, it's a, it's a nice introduction to the album. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't take too much of the energy out of the room right away. There's still, you know, a lot of energy to, to be expelled. And we get to that later in the record. So I thought it was a nice way to start the album. And again, just a, a really, really solid cover. I can... I can completely see why she would have picked this. I think it's probably a a fun and almost relaxing song for her to sing just because it doesn't have anything crazy going on in it. It just has some really nice, smooth notes in it. And it's I think it's a great lead off for the album. Hell yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Another song, I'll admit, I didn't really know it. Um, it is Call My Name by The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. 
I really had no expectations for the song, but I guess really the first two songs, I just didn't know what to expect. It is really sad. Like, I know it's kind of more yeah. like a kind of a sort of upbeat, like, song, but lyrically, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not TMZ. I don't really know what's fully going on in her life, but from what the public knows, it sounds pretty autobiographical, which is like, yikes. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because the original, like you said, that it was sung by The Weeknd, is supposedly about his relationship with Selena Gomez. And oh. there's there's a if you go and you really read the lyrics and then look at it at the lens of when the two of them were dating, there's even a part where uh, he says something to the effect of, you know, giving his body or giving a piece of him to her so she might live. A lot of people think that that's actually him saying that he wanted to donate, I think it was a kidney. Whoa! Because Selena Gomez had that that organ transplant. Um, They think that that was him saying, I was prepared to give you a part of me so that you could live. And so that's why they think that a lot, and there's more, many more references that people say, oh, this is definitely about his relationship with Selena Gomez. So then you take that and then you change the names and the people associated with the song. And then, yes, like you said, it sounds very sad. Wow. I did not know that. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it does sound a lot like possibly Kelly's situation. I don't know. But I just wasn't expecting, like, I was expecting kind of just more of like a love song or something you know call on my mm-hmm. i don't know i was in some sexy not something really depressing <laughs> but <laughs> if i'm being completely honest here yeah. but i think she really made it her own not that i know this song but i do know a lot of his songs and i think it was she it, she definitely made it into still like a kelly clarkson sound yeah yeah, yeah and she really you know she switched it up as far as almost the genre of the original song because the original song is more like R and B, you know, pop R and B. I don't know if I would go, you know, much further out of those genres, but she kind of make it like made it rock and bluesy a bit. And I I dug where they were going with that. Yeah. Like I noticed it it definitely had a little, I I would say a little nineties R and B influence plus guitars. Mm -hmm. That's where it different. The guitars made it a very new sound. But yeah. if if it wasn't, it would it would just sound kind of like a little bit of an R and B like soul ballad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I you know it's funny because I don't know why I always want to place certain songs on other albums, but a song like this, you know, kind of fits in like the mold of Meaning of Life totally, a bit, totally. And but it's but it's the guitars that make it stand out a bit more so than the way that Meaning of Life sounds. So you know, props to Jocko for his performance on this song. Um, I, I wrote a note at two minutes, 17 seconds, that note she hits, and this is the first like really incredible note. I mean, she hits great notes throughout. It's a really incredible note. I was a little sad because it actually gets hidden a bit by overlapping lyrics because it just sort of like brings it back into the chorus, but she hits this note and that note sails underneath the continuation of the chorus. And it's just this long drawn out and winding note that just beautiful. Like I went back and listened to it seven, eight times and just really, really kills it. So yeah, two seventeen in the song, go back and listen to it. Love that note. 
I need to re-listen to that. Because, like, I wrote down that they, she had so many runs, and I, I thought that the song got better as it went along. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall a specific, like, oh, my God moment. And I did note those in other songs. So I need to yeah. go back and listen to 217. Well, and it's it's one of those notes that I didn't catch right away. And this is, again, one of the reasons why I go back and re-listen and listen for specific parts. Mm-hmm. And I think it was actually on my listen where I was looking for the background vocals and I heard her hit this note, and then I was trying to keep my ear on that note, and the song kept going, and I thought, whoa, wait a minute, what is, I missed this the first, like, three times I went through the song, huh. and it just opened a whole new door for that song, maybe it appreciated a lot more. Huh, okay, noted. See, we are educating each other on <laughs> Kelly Clarkson songs here on the podcast, so hopefully you're yeah. also learning something. And, you know, for a song that's only four years old, I mean, she made it kind of like, made it actually sound a little bit older. Yeah, that's why I said the whole 90s thing. Like, it just, there's a lot of 90s influence for many reasons. And I love it. Let's move on to uh, Happier Than Ever. I mean, we've we've sort of, I mean, we dedicated an entire episode to this song. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's still a great listen, Um, you know, and... You mentioned, and I don't know if it was, uh, is this the one where you caught something you didn't hit before? Okay. Uh-huh. So we both caught something that we didn't catch before. Pam, I want you to uh, tell yours first. So mine is the first, first, I guess the second verse of the song. So it's still that very slow part. Mm-hmm. Took me a, many listens to like listen to the background. There's like a lot of like insect noises. Really? Yeah. I didn't it's, pick those up. Uh-huh. It's like. It sounds just like little like crickets or like insect noises. It makes you sound like you're oh. outside. It is interesting. So maybe I'm mishearing it. It sounds so cool. So it really makes you feel like you're in like that element. Uh, I don't know. Someone back me up on this because I might be making it <laughs> up. But I'm I now I can't unhear it. Yeah. I need to know what what yours is because I thought we were getting the same thing. Well, and I I need to apparently go and, you know, crank up the Apple Music because I know they've got like the Dolby Atmos, uh, you know, spatial mm. kind of thing going on. I need to listen to this song in that particular manner because maybe I'll catch some other things like these uh, apparently outside type noises. Um, for me, it was it was actually, again, another note that and, and I've listened to this song more than any song on this album just because we got it early. Uh, but at 3.44 in the song, so we're we're pretty deep into the song, about a minute-ish, minute less left. Um, it's it's the the just effing leave me alone. It's that line, yeah. but it's the note that she drags out on alone. I, I listened, like, because it's a great note and it's a big crescendo of the song, but I, I stayed with the note, just like I did with Call Out My Name. I stayed with the note and she, like, keeps it like she bumps it up and down and i thought man she is good at that I, she's I, really good at that i'll revisit that too yeah oh that's so cool i love you know we need to i feel like when we do our album breakdowns from now on i need to do this more i need to because i think the problem with our <laughs> we're having a talk apparently about how we structure our episodes we're gonna work yeah we're gonna workshop this uh, yeah. live on the show <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think with the with a lot of the album breakdowns, I think because we've done the first, I don't know, four-ish albums, um, I feel like I know the album so well already because we've had them for years and years and years, and I don't listen mm-hmm. that carefully anymore because I think I know it so well. 
I yeah. think I really need to go back and listen to a lot of even her older stuff and really pick the different parts and different elements to see if I discover anything new. And that that's going to take a good pair of headphones. Well, and that's something that, you know, we've had written down kind of in our show notes uh, behind the scenes of ideas for the podcast. And one of the ones that I wrote down for us was sort of the anatomy of a song. Yeah. And that's where, and you know, there's a lot of other music discussion podcasts out there for different artists. And a lot of them uh, just do their episodes song by song in the catalog. And we didn't want to do that because a, that's, I feel like that's lazy and it's more fun to come up with these interesting topics that surround the music and, and, and the personality itself. So maybe there is a, there's something there to doing kind of like a, an anatomy of a song where we go, okay, we're going back and we're going to listen to how I feel and we're really going to like pick it apart and we're going to find those, you know, instruments that we didn't realize were there. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know, but I, I always love doing that with new albums and I usually only do it once or twice. And then I stop doing it because I just want to enjoy the song yeah. as a whole. But it's one of my favorite things to do when I get a new album that I'm really, I- really excited about. I think it would be really cool if we got someone on when if we ever did this. I think it would be really cool. And this is, you know, for anyone listening, chime in if this is you, who's not only a musician, but almost like a composer and like knows all the mu- like musicology and like all the terms that I don't know. I'm just like, oh, that sounds great or whatever. But like actually knows <laughs> like, like not this, like the, the art and everything behind it. Like what, what key this is, what note this is. Like, I don't know any of that. Yeah. I know the business side. I know what markets well. I don't know how a song is like structured. I couldn't write mm-hmm. a song. So I'll be very curious to have someone on working with us t- to be like, okay, what is this that they did here? So we got on a major tangent, but if, <laughs> no, anyone's, right. if anyone's interested or feels like they fit the resume, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you know, happier than ever. It's the newest song on the album. You know, when you look at the dates of when they were all uh, released originally, uh, we kind of said everything there is to say in our standalone episode for it. I still love it. Yeah, still a great song. I can really picture Kelly's like old Hollywood in that beginning part. Only the first half, like yeah. just so super sultry. I love it. I'm happy that's getting such a good response and such good praise. Because um, that's something you always r- run the risk of people comparing it too much. But people are like, no, it's like apples and oranges like she just she nailed it and the song is really the face of the promotion of the album because it was the early released i don't want to call it a single but it was the early released track for the album and so all the promotion that you see out there we'll say instant grat track yes exactly sort of yeah yeah so it's you know it's going to be the easily familiar one um you know and like like you said still a fantastic song um but (sighs) I don't I don't know if it's going to be keeping the title of the favorite song on the album because that's the song that is next on Kellyoki, which judging by the early returns on social media, a lot of people digging Queen of the Night. Number four on this track listing. If you follow us on Twitter, the first time I listened to the song, I had to pause it halfway through. It wasn't even halfway through. It was after like a minute. I, I had to pause it. Go to Twitter and tweet that Atlantic Records has to make this a single. And then I went back to listening because it was just that good. Like Queen of the Night, it is so 180 from that 2001 demo. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Oh, my God. Like if this is what she performed at the NBC Upfronts, like this version, I 
am so jealous of every single person in that room who got to witness mm-hmm. this live. Yeah, and it was actually funny because, you know, the fact that she had this on her original demo reel is sort of been a not closely guarded secret, but it's been kind of a, a fun little nugget of knowledge for the really OG fans, or at least the ones who know about it. Because, you know, if you jumped on the Kelly train early on, like from American Idol, I think it was maybe even during Idol or not long after somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody had a copy of that original uh, four or five track demo and they sent it out to everybody because, I mean, technically that music doesn't belong to anybody. It's a demo reel. It's just her having recorded it somewhere. So it doesn't belong. So by the way, down the road, we are going to do a whole episode about that. And it's going to be probably the only episode where we can actually use Kelly's music in the episode because there's no copyright on her demo reel. So yeah, you'll actually get to hear some of that uh, in the show. It's not like we are monetizing this podcast anyway. No. We don't make, we don't make squat from this, so no. it's fine. But what I did like is that again, that was sort of like a, a, a closely a guarded, you know, nugget for the fans that we knew that she had already done that song. And then if you are a part of Kelly's email list and the day today, the day that the, the album came out, they put out a, an email telling everybody that the record was out. She quoted at the top of the email, you know, I, I know I haven't done queen of the night on the TV show, but it was a part of my very first demo so it was sort of did the she? original Kelly Oki. Wait, I did not check my email this afternoon. Let me look. I'm pulling this so up. So you haven't, oh you my haven't God. even seen this part. No, 4.30 I got this email. Yeah, oh my God. I may, have not perf- I may have not performed Whitney's Queen of the Night on my show yet, but little known fact is I covered that song on my very first demo tape, dot, dot, dot. You could say it's the Kelly Oki that started it all. Oh my God, that's so cute. Right? I didn't know that. That's. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, so she's, can hear me she's squeal on the air. <laughs> so she's sort of letting out a little, uh, a, a, like she said, a, a, a well or not so well known fact about her that she did that song. And yes, like you said, Pam, I mean, it's night and day, but also we're, we're talking about an artist who is twice her age now, has an incredibly strong voice and has excellent people behind her to produce up this song that yeah. it just, I mean, this song is just fantastic it's insanely good like uh, the intro like what else do i have to say except for just like holy crap holy Mm -hmm. crap like i feel like it sounds it should be performed in like a big like stadium it's a big stadium anthem it's Mm -hmm. like it's just so epic and like so much (laughs) fun and I'm just getting so like riled up over it because I was not expecting this. And I, I, I can't get over how much they exceeded my expectations with this song. Yeah, same. I was very, very happy to hear this sound so good uh, the first listen through. In fact, when I first got my copy of the record, I just tracked through really quickly. I just wanted to get a vibe for each song. I wasn't going to sit and listen to it. But I hung a little while on Queen of the Night because I'm like, please tell me that this is going to sound really good. And yes, it absolutely did. Um, I also want to point out another timestamp of this song. Uh, at 1.39, uh, she sings the line about, and I'm trying to actually speak and read lyrics at the exact same time because <laughs> I want to quote um, exactly when. Oh, it's the, it's the line that says, I just want to get loose and turn it up for you, baby. 
when she does that up note in loose, which is not how Whitney did it, shut up. I mean, <laughs> come on. That is such a good note. I know. It's fantastic. Bananas. It's bananas. I love how it's she made it like almost a little like EDM influenced, like definitely yeah. Yeah. like way more than we have ever heard. Because I know like, you know, Take You High had a little bit of like sort of a dance influence and a couple of other like of her remixes. This was like straight up like EDM, a little like industrial sounding. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like an original song. It really does. Yeah. It doesn't sound like, oh, she's a covering a Whitney Houston song. It sounds almost brand new. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it could do so well on radio, like doing with either like the dance stations or even like a top 40. I know it's Kelly hasn't been on top 40 radio in years, but I really think this has the potential of being like a fun summer hit. I really do. The original song itself is going to be 30 years old next year. Oh my God. It came out the same year I was born. Yeah. 1993. Wow. <gasps> That's crazy. I'm the same age as Queen of the Night. I am the Queen of the Night. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I mean, she definitely modernized the song. I mean, the song itself is really, it was Whitney talking about how she was like the queen of the the clubs. You know, she walked in and she held court. And I completely picture Kelly with that same vibe, especially when you're talking about how it does have a bit of an EDM vibe to it. Totally. Without a doubt. And it's just an absolute banger. There's another really dope part about 2.15 into the song where we get into sort of the uh, the guitar solo instrumental. The word. Yeah, and Kelly's in the background, like just throwing in some flares, some just some vocal flares. I love that. It just sounded so good. And the word that I think for the guitar that I think you had texted me, I don't remember when, earlier today, that I wrote as well is crunchy, crunchy guitars. Yeah. And they yep. just nailed it. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you got this vibe, but I think it has a very big vibe with Free Your Mind by En Vogue. I was just mm-hmm. picturing Kelly Kelly's performance with them in, was it 2004? I, it, it was just the same kind of energy and the same kind of vibe going there. Um I just will say one thing. Kelly is a an an angel for many reasons, but especially for releasing this during Pride Month. This <laughs> is the uh, if this does not show up on RuPaul's Drag Race, that is a disservice <laughs> to Kelly Clarkson. Like, and I can just hear this at all like the clubs. Go- it's so good. I just want to scream right now. I think I will finally be okay with the drag queens like retiring whole lot of woman. And if they just go ahead and transition right over to Queen of the Night, oh, that'd be fine. That would be absolutely fine. Oh, God, this is so good. It's just really a, a very well-crafted song. Um, Lester's drums on here are fantastic. I know that there. it sounds like there's a little bit of like keyboard programming as well in here. Uh, just overall, just very, very well done. And, you know, it's funny because I, I, I can't speak for all of the fans. So I don't know how many of them are familiar with with the source material. I don't know how many of them were really attached to the Whitney Houston song. Like the Whitney Houston version came out when I was a freshman in high school and like the bodyguard was everything. Like that movie was everywhere. The soundtrack is it's like the biggest uh, movie soundtrack of the nineties. One of the biggest movie soundtracks of the 20th century. It's just a, an incredible soundtrack. And queen of the night was, was really kind of one of the, 
the big like up tempo songs because on that record you've got I Will Always Love You, you've got Run to You, and then you got Queen of the Night coming in, and it's actually a banger. Kelly keeps the uh, keeps the same um, feelings behind the song, keeps it a dance song, makes it a little funkier, a little grungier. And I just think it really, like I said earlier, modernized the song. And it just, uh, I, I have no notes on this song. It's just, it's wonderful. And I think it really did take a lot of people by surprise that I don't think they all realized they were going to like it as much as they did. I'm actually looking now, this is even a better opportunity. The Bodyguard came out in 2000, um, 2000, 1992, not 93. Yeah. Yeah. Not well, 93. The Queen of the Night, the, the single was released in 93. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Technically, the song is pretty much 20, year, 20 years old. Wow. Let's see. Yeah. October 13th, 93. Well, it's almost a 30 year anniversary. You <laughs> might as well put out a 29 year anniversary summer single i'm just saying i'm just saying guys just i want to just like scream from the the rooftops stream the song buy the song tell everyone it's so good and it's funny i've seen a couple people not love it and i'm fascinated with if is it is it because it strays too far from the original is it too electronic-y because it's very it's a very different sound than what mm-hmm. Kelly ever does. So I'm just, if anyone here is not a huge fan of it, that's okay. Oh, I just yeah. want to know, I want to know why. I'm very fascinated by this. All right, uh, take us into uh, track number five. Track number five is Trampoline by, is it Shade? Shade? Yep. Shade. That's, this song was out, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago. It's pretty new. Yeah, it's from 2018. Tw- four years ago. Okay. I love the original. I think it's super cool. It's really unique, and I'm glad that it, it, it pretty much was everywhere that year. I don't yeah. love this. I, I, this is definitely my least favorite on the EP. Um, I didn't love it. I was so excited when I heard she was doing it on the, on the show and I didn't love it there. And I know why it's not bad. It's just her, her vocals sound too good. And this is a <laughs> song where I feel the distorted vocal or like having some sort of effects on the vocal would fit. Because it's a very unique, weird kind of song. But she sounds too perfect. And normally I would never say that she shouldn't sound perfect. But I feel like they needed a little more of like a edge to it. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, I wrote down that this is the least likely song I would have picked for a Kelly album. Mm-hmm. Um it, I mean, look, we're we're at the end of this. We're gonna go and kind of rank our favorites on the album. This is my number six. It's still Same. an excellent song. Um, you know, when uh, when Shade originally put it out, you know, they they put out this song, and then not long after, they did like another version that had Zayn Malik on it, and they kind of turned the song oh. into a bit of a duet. I don't and think I knew so, that. Yeah, and so there's, I mean, they're they're both good, and I like the song. I get what you're saying about her vocals being too perfect because the vocals on the original are intentionally, I think imperfect. Yeah. And it, she's just, she's coming through very, very crisp, very clean on this song. Um, I would like to hear a little bit more drum in the beginning. I mean, the drums do come in later into the song. Yeah. Uh, Lester, Lester is just such an excellent drummer and he has such power that I think I would have liked more of like a, a beat to this song. I mean, there is a beat, but I wanted a little bit more than what we got. Um, 
I have two timestamps for for drums. Okay. I think the drums they really stick out at one thirty six, and that's really mm-hmm. with the whole building. And then it goes to like a big drop. That I thought was awesome. And then at the end, two fifteen, there was another one. But I agree that it should have been a little bit more prominent throughout because it's so good. Yeah, and I really do love the original. I I'm not one hundred percent sure that I love it as like a rock song because they. I mean, they did. They made this very much a rock song versus kind of a dancey pop song. Um, it's going to have to grow on me. This is probably the one song that is going to require some growth, but I still like it. It's still a great song. Um, yeah. I think the one, one place where they understood the assignment and did that cool vocal effect was at 149. It's a much lower register and it just sounds so deep. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of reminds me of the part in medicine that we all know that is not really how Kelly normally sounds. They did a really cool job with that at 149, but I wish they did not exactly that, but something in a similar vein throughout the whole thing. So good song, but yeah, definitely my number six on here. And look, I mean, something has to be number six. Something I mean, has to be last. It's just the way it is. That's like, you know, it's again, ranking. It's like ranking, like, I'm not going to say ranking your favorite children. That's terrible. But I mean, but I mean it's, it's like, in a way. In yeah, because like, they're all really good. This is just the one you're like, eh. I'm sure everyone's children are great. I don't have any. Don't come for me. Don't come for me. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the last song. All right. Our sixth and final song on Kelly Clarkson's Kelly Oki EP is her cover of the 1995 song by Radiohead. It's called Fake Plastic Trees. Kelly's a big fan of Radiohead. She's covered them on multiple occasions, both on tour and on the Kelly Clarkson show uh, I know that, um, you know, we've talked in the past about her cover of Creep, which is one of the more beloved fan requests that uh, actually came out on the live album that they released the free singles for a mm-hmm. few years back. Shout out to our friend Deb. Yes. Thanks, Deb. For, for the request. Um, I have to say, Pam, um, I wrote down what a vocal. What an absolute vocal virtuoso performance this is um you know i i kind of gave away my rankings on the last song i'm going to give them away on this one this is my favorite song on record this is my favorite and it's and it's it's not even close wow and, and maybe that's the maybe that's the 90s guy in me because i'm very much a 90s guy so i love me some radiohead i love whitney houston both of those tunes were originally from the 90s but and I, i'll share with you all the text that i sent to Pam, when we were talking about you know some of some of our early thoughts on the album, I said this song is so good it makes me want to cry. Yeah, not like the song is sad; like it's just so good. You just want to be like, I am so glad that I am alive right now to hear this cover because it is so good. Again, the soft and breathy vocal, the the notes, the notes she hits in this song are insanity the the up notes again shut up like she's not human she's not human <laughs> she's not i'm telling you they're i mean the up notes are magical yeah they are absolutely magical in this song it's really unlike anything she's ever put out in terms of vocal and the melody and the production and everything like that and 
it's again, yeah, as you said, very breathy, soft vocals, but then it turns into this crazy buildup. And the only thing I can Mm -hmm. compare it to, I don't want to compare it to like directly, but it reminded me a lot of Sober, the way that that song is constructed, where it's like a lot softer vocals and it builds a little bit and it builds a little bit. And then suddenly you don't even notice that it builds so much. You don't. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly it's just this huge soundscape and this orchestral stuff that's you're just like what's going on this is amazing you don't even know where to listen because there's so much going on her vocals really are the main focus thank goodness which you know it's always bad when the vocals are hidden and i also like those the breathy vocals remind me a little bit of not a song that i've barely ever heard but little green apples it's Mm -hmm. just very like simple and sweet and you know the lyrics obviously it's very metaphorical yeah. But when you think about it, it also probably does speak to her personally. The very, very last line, I had to write it down because I was like, oh my God, my heart's breaking. The very last line of the song is, if I could be who you wanted all the time. Whoa, mm-hmm. that is like, <laughs> I need I need to go to my therapist right now. Like, that's rough. That's really rough. And like, I don't know if that's a personal reflection for her. Maybe that's why she chose the song, but it's so good and this is a song the first time i heard it i was like this is really good and the more i'm listening i'm like oh boy this is just getting better and better and better and better and this is something i want to just blast and just like turn the lights down and you just need to focus on each individual element yeah it's insane yeah and i'll again i'll go back and forth on the the up notes in the song at 255 when she goes fake plastic love and she up notes the word plastic Oh, it is so, <laughs> it is so good. Um, you know, just, and, and how she holds these notes. It is just so smooth, like just smooth. And it just, it's beautiful. These notes. I mean, I cannot remember the last time I was moved by the notes that she hit in a song. I, I really can't remember. I mean, I would love to say I can't remember her last time since 2009. Like I, I legitimately can't remember. I mean, these are some of the most beautiful notes that she has recorded. And I am so glad that we have them because this is just such an incredible interpretation of this song. And I know that, uh, that Jason Halbert posted a video on his Instagram showing, uh, the small string quartet, yeah. uh, recording their parts for this song. There's just, I I love when they bring extra instrumentation into any song that she does because the more instruments you get behind her, just the more it just accentuates how her voice itself is an instrument. And, you know, I hope that we are are raving this much about her vocals on, you know, whatever upcoming actual Kelly Clarkson project she has Mm -hmm. in the pipeline because... If it's anything like the vocals that she put on Kellyoki, holy shit. I know. It's funny. I remember with the Christmas album, a lot of us were saying, oh my God, this is the best she's ever like sounded. Like Her vocals are so great. They were produced so well, which is correct. And I didn't really mm-hmm. think it could get much better than that. And then this drops, and I'm like, oh my God, where has... Where have these been like these vocals been hiding? Why have they been like compressing her voice so much all these years? And I know she's gonna agree with us because she has said it publicly. Like she doesn't like the yeah. way that her music 
was produced in the past. And, like, I I always was like, oh, Kelly, be quiet. Like, you sound great. I'm noticing it more today than I ever have before because now that this is out, they have no excuse to make her ever (laughs) sound like she did in the past ever again. Like, these are crisp vocals, and she is just having so much fun experimenting with how she sings rather than just the same old pop rock vibe or the same ballad vibe. She's doing a lot of different kinds of vocal techniques. I don't know the the actual terminology, but damn, where was this this whole time? Come on. I know we definitely sound like a a total Homer podcast. We do. We are though, but screw it. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, we we also I mean, look, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, we are not afraid to be critical. Yeah. And again, these are our knee jerk reactions after not even 24 hours with this record. It's just it is so refreshing. It, and it's not even the fact of like, oh, my gosh, we finally have new music. It's something new and everything is perfect. It's not a perfect record. We I mean, we were critical about trampoline, mm-hmm. but this is. If this is the direction that she's headed, she is going to be an even more unbelievable singer mm-hmm. as she progresses. And it is just and, and you know, you you nailed it on the head about the the overproducing and the and the sort of the tamping down of her voice in previous production. Jason has said that he is very aware of that. He knows that Kelly is aware of that, and so he doesn't do it as much with this album and and they didn't do the same thing with, uh, with when Christmas comes around and you can see that she's, it feels like she's finally being let loose. And I love the point that you made about how she's experimenting with different sounds because I love these experiments. Like these are all really, really good experiments. And, you know, I would love to hear, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be a whole album of it, but I would love to hear more of this soft and breathy delivery in you know, a song or two on her next record. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear that. Um, I'm not saying that that's the only sound I want to hear from her. And I don't want her to be, you know, the 40 year old Billie Eilish, but it's just another quiver in her, you know, bag that she can pull out and say, Oh, you need it to sound like this. Oh, psh, I can do that. You know, she has so much range that it is almost unfair. Yeah. And I really hope I've definitely have said this countless times but I really hope we that this continues and continues and continues to make maybe like casual fans wake the hell up and realize that like you know the girl who's saying my life would suck without you or whatever can do a lot more than a song that she was forced to sing you know like yeah. there's just so much not bashing that song it's fun but clearly like it's really apples and oranges like this is just such quality and like you can really you can't deny that she's so talented and she's more than just a pop star. She's way more than that. And I think at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for is just quality music, quality, honest music. And that's what we're getting. And, you know, we we have said it in the past and we've even had guests on the podcast say it that, you know, Kelly is is truly a, a once in a generation talent. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have a lot of wonderful singers out there i mean they they're all over the place and the radio is littered with them and and record stores are littered with them there's a lot of really excellent singers she is in a different stratosphere and again we're not saying that because we're the hosts of the podcast about her 
you you're an idiot if you don't think that that's the case. <laughs> you you really are. Yeah. Either you're an idiot or you just haven't been exposed and aren't aware. Or you're in denial. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I mean, there is just I cannot think of another artist truly. Again, not I'm not trying to, you know, make any sort of grand statement. I cannot think of another artist that is this versatile. No. Who can who can sing this many genres, who can do so many different styles of singing, who can hit the absolutely insane low notes all the way up to, you know, notes that would open your garage door. I mean, just the the range that she has. I mean, honestly, you know, Mariah Carey is kind of about the closest that we could get to this because she but has. But you're not hearing Mariah Carey sing a country ballad? No, no. And she, I mean, I, is, I, mean, I don't know her entire catalog, so I don't okay. know if she ever did attempt that. But, I mean, Mariah Carey is probably the closest thing. And I'm, I'm thinking that Kelly is going to start surpassing her because while Mariah's voice was excellent in her 20s and in her 30s, it is clearly on the downswing. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to be a hater. It's just a fact. It's it's a fact. Yeah. And, and this happens to every singer, and it's going to happen to Kelly. It is going to happen to her eventually. But right now, as she enters her 40s, it is not happening anytime soon. She only seems to be getting stronger. And that is that is a freak of nature. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like that's a freak of human nature yeah. that her voice continues to get better when so many singers start to lose their vocal abilities in their 40s. And I understand that she's freshly in her 40s and that, you know, she could start losing her voice, you know, in two years. We don't know. We we can't predict that. But she is honed that instrument of hers so well that I would be shocked if she is not an even stronger singer on the next album and the next. Atlantic Records, please <laughs> market her. Like, market her well. I mean, you did an okay job with Meaning of Life. Christmas album, But with this and the future projects, just like, there's so much potential there. And like... Yeah. I'm not saying you have to work her to death like she did in the breakaway era. We're not asking for that, but just we she just needs the I don't know, the credit she deserves. It's still yeah. not there. It's still not fully there until she be, and I'm not saying she has to be on like all the top 40 stations again cuz realistically that's not going to happen, but you know, Adele puts out an album, she's amazing, no one come for me. But like with no promo and exceeds everything, yeah. Kelly needs to be on that same caliber. And I think it's a lot of rebranding. It's a lot of rebranding the last 20 years of her career. That isn't necessarily bad, but it's just people have not one image of her. And there's so much more to that one image. All right, Pam, let's go down the uh, line and let's give our rankings of the songs on Kelly Oki. You want to start? You, you start because you already gave away a few You're, years. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, I'll start. Okay. I just feel like I've been talking a lot here. All right. Uh, <laughs> My number six, uh, I did trampoline. Uh, again, I said that already before. Uh, number five, I have call out my name. Again, the, there has to be a five. Yeah. There has to be a six. You know, yep. We're not saying that we hate these songs or that they're bad. It's just this is how I'm ranking my choices at yeah. this point, 24 hours into listening to the record. This is what I've got. 
Number five, call out my name. Number four, I have, and this is going to be the controversial opinion, I have happier than ever. You know what? Four. It's okay because you loved it when it came out. Yeah. You probably still really like it, but you have other songs now that you love. And we'll in, revisit this in a few weeks. Your order entire might change entirely. In the context of this yeah. full EP, yeah, Happier Than Ever is still a great song, but there are others I think that surpassed it. Uh, my number three was Blue Bayou. Okay. I think that that was just an excellent performance. Uh, my number two is Queen of the Night. And it's a, it's like a, it's almost like a one A, but it's, it's two. <laughs> one uh, and then, and then fake plastic trees. I mean, it's just, it is one of the most magical recordings that she has made in her career. And I, and I don't throw that term around loosely. It is truly, and I, I, I almost invite you to go back and listen to Radiohead and, and Tom York's performance on that song originally Hear the original emotion in that song. Hear the original version and then come back to Kelly's version and just see how she already took a song that was so good and and quite honestly a legendary song in in alt rock and in the career of Radiohead mm-hmm. and just tweaked it up a notch and made it even better. Um it really and I and I am not again saying this is a homer or anything. It is really one of her best covers of all time yeah. full stop full stop all right my number six is trampoline we already spoke about it my number five is blue bayou i wish it was a little bit shorter it gets so repetitive and that's not on her because like it's it's a cover i just wish it was a, like even 30 seconds shorter that's my one bone to pick there my number three and four changed throughout the episode <laughs> so interesting yes i'm gonna swap them my number four is Call Out My Name. Um, I really like it. I really do, especially... I, th- I really think it gets better as it goes on. Um, number three is Fake Plastic Trees. I originally had that as number four, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I appreciate how unique it is to her entire catalog. And I really need to give it more time. I love it. I just really need to give it more time to be on the crying level <laughs> that you are on. <laughs> so, um, Number two is Queen of the Night. But it's really like, as you said, one A or one and a half or whatever. And number one is still happier than ever just because I was so obsessed with it when it first came out. And I'm still loving just that rock angry Kelly. But Queen of the Night may take that spot. We have to give it some time because Mm -hmm. I'm speechless with that song. So it's they're kind of tied for number one. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah, it's really hard. But anyway, guys, we're going to stop talking soon. (laughs) Let us know what you think, your first reactions. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the EP will have been out for about five days or so. So we love to know your first reactions, um, if it's any different than what you're feeling now, any songs you love, any songs you don't love. Very curious to hear that all. And uh, let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Into Podcast. And also, as always, we appreciate anyone who leaves us a rating or review because it really helps with the algorithms on the podcast, helps other Kelly fans find us if they happen to search her name. So if you listen on Spotify, on the app, you can rate us there. It literally takes five seconds. Like I'm not exaggerating there. And uh, on Apple Podcasts, you can either leave us a rating, which is anonymous, or a review. You can do both. Reviews are not anonymous, but we would appreciate anything and all that you do. And 
Thank you for listening. Thank you very much to everybody who uh, engaged with us on social media on the day of the release of the EP. It was, was so it's been so much fun to have an album release day and be on social media to talk with fans because it's such an exciting day and it's so much fun. Everybody's so excited and people are throwing their opinions around and they're they're throwing their hot takes and it's just so much fun uh, to be a part of this community. Um, I know that, you know, I can speak for Pam when I say that we don't take it lightly. The elevated voice that that we have as the hosts of this podcast, and we take that very, very seriously. And so we appreciate that the community, not even just the Kelly community, but even like our podcast community that we have on our social media, uh, we really appreciate you guys engaging with us throughout the day as everyone was sort of unpacking this album for themselves and will continue to do so uh, in the days ahead. So thank you to everybody. I would love to you know go down the list and list off everybody's favorite songs that they were sending us and and their thoughts on that. But there's just, I mean, embarrassingly saying we had so many uh, there's just not enough time. We would be on here another hour. Uh, so thank you for engaging with us. It is, again, so much fun to be a part of this community. And uh, we love each and every one of you guys. And we are so thankful for you guys to uh, to be engaging with us and to share your thoughts on this album and, and just on everything uh, with the podcast and with Kelly herself. So sort of a big blanket thank you for everything. Um, these are the, the, the reasons why we got into doing this podcast. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so nice. Our, it's just, it's the days like this, you know, the album release days. I mean, these are the really exciting days. And I know it's exciting for, for everybody in Kelly's camp. And I'm sure for Kelly herself, who is enjoying a very well-earned uh, summer vacation. Uh, but I'm sure she's very well aware of the reactions that are coming down. And I'm sure she's just super pleased that people are enjoying the EP. And I'm sure that the really great reviews are going to start rolling in. So, uh, thank you for being a part of this episode with us. Uh, thank you for all the support. And we can't wait to get back into more fun conversations about things uh, throughout Kelly's career. And uh, enjoy the new EP. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com.